everyone. Welcome to a special Saturday night edition of the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. We are live from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I actually called out of work tonight and went to a concert. Um, I saw Pink Talking Fish, but really I only stayed for the Pink Floyd portion, which was um, Dark Side of the Moon, which was really cool. And uh, the portion where the lady usually sings um, during, um, I forget what it's called. It has something to do with um, death. Uh, but he played that in guitar, you know, the ooh-oh, that part. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. What is it called? Something, something, something for sure. I'll probably remember it in a few minutes. Um, anyways, um, the Pittsburgh Pirates played tonight. Uh, they did not win. Uh, they did not get a good start from Johan Oviedo. And actually... They've been all about good starts this year. Um, They still have, I think, the lead lead in quality starts. And a lot of those came in April. Uh, I mean, we're not that far into May, but they haven't won yet in May. And it's uh, May 6th now. But And it was their sixth loss in a row, although one of those came on the last day in in April. So um, they have gone 0-5 so far in May. I don't know if they're going to turn it around or if they're going to continue this, but um, Rorenzi Contreras goes tomorrow. And the guy that he's up against, Kikuchi, is a Japanese guy. Um, I think he was one of those high, high-paid high signings from Japan. And he hasn't really been that great. Kind of a high fours ERA. Maybe a little better this year than he's been in the past. Um, but in general, the Pirates haven't been hitting. Um, they've been getting the pitching. And the relief pitching continues to um, over, outperform. Um, but they haven't been getting the hitting lately. And we know early in the season that the hitters were outperforming their baseball cards. And it was unlikely that they were going to continue that type of scoring. Um, I know they piled a lot of runs on the Reds and the White Sox. And in Colorado especially. You know, and against Washington. But still... Um, their, their offense seemed to be exciting. It seemed to be going. And then suddenly things weren't going as well. Um, they started getting caught on some of the stolen bases. Um, G1 Bay is out for a couple games now. He was probably their best base stealer. Um, although pretty much everybody in the lineup has done a decent job stealing bases. Um, but over this six-game losing streak... Um, they've actually gotten caught a few times stealing bases. And that's something that wasn't happening um, in April when they were doing, um, you know, going 20 and 8. The hits aren't coming either. You know, you could blame it on the referees. You can blame it on, you know, people protesting in China. You could blame it on anything. Um, But it's not going to work, you know. I mean, if you're not hitting the ball, you're not going to win. And the Pirates, I think they might have got five or six hits tonight. And one of them was a home run by Jack Sawinski, which is a nice, a nice solid home run. It was actually over um, one of those walking areas where you walk into the stadium uh, on the first deck. Um, so it was well into the seats. And he got it pretty good. It was a middle-in pitch, and he got it good. And that, that's sometimes a pitch where um, people like to hit, you know, even if – you know, you better get it far enough inside if you're going to throw middle in. That's the thing, because that's a lot of people's comfort zone. 
and um, Jack Sawinski made quick work of that ball. So that was the highlight of the night for the Bucks. Um, but it started out bad early for Johan Oviedo, who um, gave up four runs in the first inning and then another three in the third inning. And he is just not just middle in. He's just middle on a lot of these pitches. And I was watching the recap of the last game last week, and he was middle on every pitch that was um, that was knocked around. Actually, I tried to do the recap on um, MLB TV, and it's not available yet. Maybe the, maybe it's not available until the next day or something like that. They put it. They're, they're probably putting it together right now. Um, but somebody puts together a recap, and I want to see where the location of all his pitches were. You know, when they do the recap, you see the ones that were hit hard. Uh, because I was at the concert, I saw them give up four runs, and then I had to hit the road. So, and even when it was four nothing, I mean, I felt like they had a shot to come back, but I also felt like. That's probably not what you want to do when you're not hitting the ball well. And they actually didn't need, you know, any more runs. Even though they won 8-2, to two, the Blue Jays didn't need any more runs because the Pirates only got two. And they've averaged, over this six-game losing streak, they've averaged about six hits. Five or six hits, or maybe like 5.5 hits a game or something like that. So it hasn't really been good. Um, the night before, they got shut out. And that wasn't good either. So, I mean, I don't know if that was the game you were complaining about the refs or who knows, you know. They even have refs in baseball. They have umpires. And um, they don't make a big difference like, you know, in a football game or whatnot. But and, and they do stretch the strike zone, but they stretch it for everybody, you know. It's not just, you know, your team that gets caught looking. And like I said... Maybe you should be a little more defensive when you have two strikes because that's how you're supposed to be. But in April, when everything was going their way, they were just taking walks. They would just take, you know, a lot of pitches and the the pitches would be called balls or they were going against a lot of bad teams that threw a lot of balls. But if you're facing teams like um, Toronto and Tampa Bay, um, those teams are more likely to be around the plate. And if you have a good reputation for being around the plate, you're going to get those pitches that are off the plate. And you have to know that as a hitter. So I'm already tired of hearing the complaining, but it was marketed by everybody. Like um, I, I see Stumpy marketed it and pretty much like all of the media guys were marketing how, you know, the Pirates got screwed. And then one of the Pirates, I don't know who it was, but really had a bad quote by saying, Oh, I guess we just weren't meant to win today, you know? <laughs> you know, it's like, what the hell is that, man? It's It sounds like a, like a mopey teenager, you know, if you don't take him to the movies or whatnot. I mean, that was really a pathetic quote. I don't know who said it, but that's not good. You might want to rethink, you know, saying something like that. Like, oh, man, I guess they didn't want us to win today, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's bad, you know, not good. But um, that was tonight's game. The concert was good. I had a good time the last couple days. I got um, my front uh, area. I guess you would call it like a flower bed area, but I got that finished. It was a lot of mulch, um, three trees, three bushes, basically. And just, you know, trying to make it look good while my wife is out of out of town because she that was a complaint that she was having, you know. And then I also fixed up the um, the backyard area where the dogs are. I got it mowed and got some got it kind of flattened out. 
Um, so I moved around some dirt and stuff like that. It looks pretty good now um, because my daughter is having her um, her uh, high school graduation ceremony here in July. I'm just kind of getting ready for that, you know. So, I mean, that was fun. I have to finish mowing tomorrow, um, but I'm off tomorrow night and I'm off tonight because I called out. So just those things are nice, man. I mean, I'm relaxing. I'm going to watch a movie and I have a shitload of laundry to put away. But getting back to the pirates, I mean, I was actually thinking to myself how this could work. And I know a lot of guys talk about this. You know, they post their future lineups and stuff like that. But, you know, and a lot of that is a joke because you never know how things are going to pan out. But here is, you know, here's how it could work. I was kind of thinking about this guy, Dylan Cruz, and he really looks good. His numbers really look good. Like he doesn't strike out a lot. He walks a lot. He hits for average. He hits for power. Now, granted, we're talking about um, the college ball. But, you know, and, you know, we just saw um, Torkelson, the 1-1, kind of bust out here over the last couple years. So anything can happen, right? There's no guarantees when it comes to Major League Baseball. But this guy, he does seem like he's close you know, he's close to being a guarantee because he's played over 800 bats in college. He's really done well, you know, so he's gotten a lot of looks in college. He's already 21 years old. So I think that he could potentially be up with the team in 2025. And I was thinking about that 2025 lineup because what we're saying right now is the lineup is not producing and the lineup is not likely to produce this year um, because, as I said before the season, They might not be last in the National League in runs, but they're going to be somewhere around there when all is said and done. They're certainly going to be behind behind the the Phillies, the Mets, the Braves, the Cardinals, the Cubs, even the Brewers. Uh, They'll be behind Los Angeles and San Diego. I mean, there's a lot of teams they're going to be behind, and they might even be behind teams like Colorado just because of where they play. So we knew that they were going to be somewhere near the near the bottom when the dust settles, you know, on this lineup. But thinking about this 2025 lineup, I mean, I'm only carrying over a few guys, right? Like three guys, I think. I have O'Neill Cruz leading off. And here's my thoughts on O'Neill Cruz is that I don't think he's ever going to get the complete power back after his broken ankle. Um, for instance, I don't think he's ever going to hit um, 122 exit velocity again. But I do think he's still going to hit some home runs. Uh, And I do think he'll get his speed back because they do really good things with ankles eventually. So I think he's going to be more of a speed guy and more of a leadoff hitter and maybe not have the um, unearthly power that, uh, you know, that he's had on some at bats. And he was he has never put up a 35-35 season. So just just because people want to say he's a 35-35 player doesn't mean it's so, you know, you have to actually do it. Uh, but I think that he potentially could be a good leadoff hitter, especially if he's somewhat dangerous and teams don't want to pitch to him. And then I have um, Dylan Cruz batting second. So I got Cruz and Cruz leading off my lineup. Um, now, like I said, with Dylan Cruz, doesn't strike out a lot, which is what you want from a, um, a number two hitter. Because if your first guy gets on base, um, you want to maybe try to at least get him over to second. 
And you could do that by maybe hitting the ball the other way and maybe even punching a, um, a base hit through the other way. But generally speaking, um, you don't want your two-hole hitter to be a strikeout guy because you want to try to get guys on base, um, you know, ideally two, two guys on base, but maybe one guy in scoring position for your three and four hole hitters, um, who I have as Brian Reynolds batting third. Uh, I think that he's going to be in his prime in 2025, 2026, 2027. Not worried about him, you know, getting older or whatnot. Uh, never was. And that's why the signing of him and the extension of um, Brian Reynolds was such a game changer. You know, you did not want to lose that guy. Now, I will say that um, we're talking about the lineup. I do feel like you're going to have to extend Mitch Keller, you know, for these playoff hopes to um, to be around, even in 2025. Because a lot of teams think they're going to do good. I mean, Torkelson also has Riley Green, and they have a few other guys that they thought they were going to have this great lineup. And it's just it just hasn't happened. And the Detroit Tigers, you know, they haven't put together a quality team um, worthy of, you know, making the playoffs. And they haven't even come that close, frankly. So, I mean, you just never know, right? You never know if these young guys are going to pan out. But I kind of feel like Dylan Cruz has a real good shot of panning out. And we already know that O'Neill Cruz has looked good. Um, we already know that um, that Brian Reynolds is very good, and then my clean off hit, my clean up hitter, I'm going to have is Jack Sawinski because he is a um, traditional clean up hitter. He hit that seventh home run tonight, and he can hit the ball a long way, and he does work really hard, and he is going to slump, and he is a streaky hitter, but I think that's my clean up guy is Jack Sawinski. You know, if he's still around, if he's still doing well. At that time, um, I'm going to have Jack Sawinski batting cleanup. And then I'm not sure who else I forgot, but I'm going to throw in Andy Rodriguez as my number five hitter. Now, I don't know how Andy is going to do in the major leagues. I really don't know. There's no way of knowing, frankly. Um, but he has looked good. And when I watch him, he looks really good. You know, he looks like an athlete. He looks like he's having fun out there. And he looks like the kind of guy that could pan out on a baseball team in the major leagues. So I'm going to put Andy Rodriguez fifth, again, with an asterisk, that there's no guarantee these guys are going to pan out. But I'm just saying that um, I could see it happening. And I also think that this is the plan. Um, your sixth hitter is Henry Davis. Now, Henry Davis has really turned the corner this year. Um, he has been hitting home runs at a pretty good rate. And he's also been hitting just, you know, singles, doubles, and walking a lot. You know, which I want my number five hitter to walk a lot, uh, as well as hit for power. And I think that um, that uh, Henry Davis could do that with an asterisk, you know, if he pans out. You know, so most of these other guys, you know, we have a really good feeling that they might pan out, as in the case of Dylan Cruz, or they've already, you know, shown that they can compete in the major leagues um, as far as O'Neill Cruz and Brian Reynolds. And these guys are all signed, by the way. And then my seventh hitter is um, is um, Key Brian Hayes. And then after that, I don't know. You know, who knows? But
But I am, you know, throwing that out there. And I don't even know if that would be a great lineup. It sounds like a great lineup because we know what their potential is. But I don't know if that's going to be a great lineup in 2025. Because a lot of times, you know, I'm trying to think. The um, Chicago Cubs, and I was watching this today, they made a trade with the White Sox. And at the time, um, they got back um, a guy who was top 10 in all of baseball. And it was really surprising that, um, you know, that he was traded. And I can't even remember, like, what that guy's name was. Uh, I should look it up here on my handy-dandy um, thingy uh, is if it's even charged up. Of course it's not, you know. <laughs> I'm going to go take a look. Hold on. Okay, and I'm back. Nick Madrigal is the name of the guy. He was the fourth overall pick, and when he was traded to the Cubs, um, he was considered to be a top 10 overall um, prospect in baseball because his hit tool was supposed to be, you know, the best hit tool in the last 20 years or whatnot. And, you know, remind me if you've heard that recently, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, he's kind of looks like Tarmar Johnson. He's five foot eight, um, hasn't really put it together um, as of yet. And although we don't know whether Tarmar Johnson's going to put him to get, put it together or not, he's just too much of a question mark, right, for me to put him in this lineup. He's just too far off. Because Nick Madrigal right now is more of a part-time player for the Cubs. He spent a lot of time in the minors. So I just don't feel confident. Even though most of the people who put these lineups together, they always throw Tamar Johnson in there. Um, I just don't feel comfortable even throwing him in there with an asterisk. Um, but I do have those seven guys. And I feel like, okay, they might not pan out. But I feel like maybe this is the Pirates' plan, you know? O'Neill Cruz, Dylan Cruz, um, Brian Reynolds, Jack Sawinski. All, all these guys are, you know, pretty young, by the way. Um, and then you got um, the other guys I mentioned, like um, Henry Davis and um, Andy Rodriguez, you know. And then, you know, you could feel comfortable enough batting um, Key Brian Hayes seventh, you know. And whoever bats eight and ninth, you know, that will play itself out. I have no idea. <clears throat> they might sign somebody. Connor Joe might still be good. I have no clue, man. I mean, and frankly, I don't know that the players that I just listed are going to pan out or even going to be in baseball in 2025. But I felt like, you know what? I've been doing some um, research on this cruise, dude. Not as much research as like, you know, a lot of these prospect guys do. Because I don't waste my time researching prospects anymore, like as much as I used to, just because so many of them don't pan out. Um, I at least wait until they look really, really solid in double A. And even then I throw the asterisks on there, you know, because they might turn out to be a Nick Madrigal or a um, Spencer Torkelson. But nevertheless, you know, those are the guys that I think could um, potentially be in a Pittsburgh Pirates lineup. Now, what do I think about the Pittsburgh Pirates this year? You know what? The um, the rotation, and I told you guys this, the wild card, you know, the one that we don't know about is um, Johan Oviedo. And it's not looking as good as it was just like a week ago today. Um, Johan Oviedo, if he's going to have an ERA around five, um, that is not as good is when he was looking like he was going to have an ERA around three. 
And like I said, he was very high owned in my fantasy leagues because people like this stuff. But if you can't command your stuff and you're going to throw too many sliders um, and you're throwing, you know, you're keeping the ball either right over the middle of the plate or out of the strike zone, good lineups like the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays are going to knock you around. And that's just a stone cold fact, you know. So Johan Oviedo, I don't know, you know, he is the lowest guy, you know, the guy that you can least count on. And then the other guy that's not even in the rotation anymore is our guy, Vinny. And I kind of thought at some point he might leave the rotation um, just based on um, production. But he had actually put together an 18-inning scoreless streak before leaving the rotation and maybe for a long period of time because he's dealing with an elbow issue and there's inflammation in the elbow, which is never good, right? Um, but he had like 18 scoreless innings before he left with injury. But as, though, as I've cautioned you on this show, you know, and some people are starting to listen now, is that um, if you throw a lot of hard sliders, you might get a lot of batters out, but is it sustainable? And we're going to have to see how many of these guys can stay healthy because our guy Vinny, you know, has fallen, um, you know, to the injury bug, just like in the minor leagues, Michael Burrows, who um, we were really excited about seeing him. I, I know I was, you know. So those guys, they just aren't available anymore. Um, I don't know. I just don't think that Vinny's going to come back soon because inflammation in the elbow is not good. And if he does come back, I don't know how good he's going to be, you know, if he's going to keep, you know, killing people with that slider. You know what I mean? S-L-I-D-A-H. So, yeah, the rotation has kind of changed. Um, Rowanzi goes tomorrow, which we always like. Um, I still feel like because Rowanzi is so young and hasn't even gotten um, 20 wins under his belt yet, you know, in his career, I still feel like Mitch Keller is your number one and then Rowanzi is your number two. And then you got, it's just not sounding as good, right? Because then you got um, Rich Hill as your number three. And he tends to get knocked around at times against veteran hitters. So, I mean, that's your number three guy. And then Oviedo is your number four guy. And if he's not doing well, this whole thing about quality starts and the rotation carrying this team is out the window, right? And then... You know, you're, if those guys aren't pitching that well, you're overusing your bullpen. So that's a problem like it was last year. And then we're not hitting the ball either. So I don't know, man. That I'm just saying that's why we lost six in a row. I'm not predicting the future. I'm not saying this team is going to go in the tank. Because I made a bet with myself um, after I was so wrong in the preseason that I wasn't going to make any more huge long-term predictions I'm just going to let the 162 play out. But those are the kind of thing. Those are a few things that I'm worried about. But that's also some things that I'm excited about. So enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend or whatever you're listening to this. Maybe you're, maybe you're um, on the way to work Monday morning. Peace out.